Hi and welcome back to another episode of BRF Shots on Us. Hi guys. These are the mm-hmm. shorter versions of our longer episodes for those people who want content in appetizing chunks. <laughs> um so the word for today is whiskey. Now, usually we, you know, take an audience suggested word or we pick one at random that we think would be really interesting, but there's a reason for this one. And we'll tell you later. <laughs> so, find out at the end of the episode why we chose this word. It's super exciting, not only for us, but also for you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, in Scotland, because we're talking about whiskey, so we've got to talk about Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's customary to drink quite a lot of whiskey at a funeral, and that's not surprising, I don't think to anybody. <laughs> in fact, there's a s- the Scottish drink whiskey. Yes, I don't think that's surprising <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. Um so, so, apparently there's a saying that goes a Scottish funeral is often merrier than an English wedding. So, this is a story about the funeral of a certain Miss Jelly Jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'm really sorry, but <laughs> Miss Jessie Colcown of Angus Now it was customary in all these uh, small hamlets and villages and towns for the community to all gather together and accompany the deceased in her coffin to various pubs across the town or hamlet on their way to the church where she would be finally interred. Quite a funeral party in more ways than one. Yeah, exactly. So these people they carry along Miss Jessie and at each stop which is at each inn they would stop at she would be laid upon lacquer stains these are apparently flat stones designed for just such a job which is a very specific reason to create a flat stone <laughs> outside an inn um now they do all this they go to all the inns they celebrate her life and um drink a lot <laughs> and then they I'm arrive sure. at the church <laughs> and it's now nearing sunset they apologize to the grave digger for being late and then realize that they've left miss jessie behind at some point <laughs> during their journey um so they so the coffin the, has got left at a at a bar basically somewhere yeah somewhere <laughs> and so they send six of the youngest and most sober boys to retrieve her obviously and um it's from this story apparently that the phrase being late for one's own funeral arose Oh wow. By for no fault of her own oh, poor thing. Yeah. She may have been a perfectly punctual person in yeah. her life. She's beyond blame. <laughs> And our legacy is poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> for my segment, I decided to I just decided to sort of go into and see if in all of the history of whiskey, which is such a this whole man, you know, drink Was there ever a point in the drink? Is, <laughs> like it is like I think it's like this thing that's just associated with a lot of testosterone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I mean, I'm generalizing, of course, based on like. But uh, I did kind of <laughs> very bad. Uh, nobody, nobody's uh, gonna come after you. <laughs> uh, so, in the history of whiskey, I I wanted to kind of go back into it and see, you know, women who had been involved in. Uh, mm. the legacy of whiskey ever and i came across these two like this the the story is about one particular distillery but these two women who ran it at different periods and it's just absolutely fascinating okay uh this is a story of Hel- helen and elizabeth coming 
okay who were two scots women uh and uh, this is a story that dates back to the 18th century now in the, in the 18th century taxes on whiskey were raised exponentially because the english were trying to control production of whiskey in scotland okay. uh, and the laws got incredibly confusing after a point no distillery was really being charged the same rate and at some point the taxes just became unmanageable for most so mm. by the end of the century as is the case when you know politicians come in and mess everything up there was a flourishing black market for whiskey and distilleries all over scotland and one of them was spearheaded by uh, by helen cumming now helen mm. cumming was 34 when uh, her husband john leased a small farm in scotland uh, somewhere near the river spey and okay. they named their new home cardow and like many of the other neighbors they set up an illicit distillery john used to work the farm helen would take care of the household and the whiskey not only did she work the stills she was also the first recorded woman to ever do so and was responsible for pr- the products distribution so what she would do wow. is that she would walk 20 miles or so to the nearest township of eglin with the whiskey skins hidden underneath her skirts uh and then sell them to on the streets to whoever was interested she also she sold bottles 20 miles with like whiskey hanging under her skirts so quite a trick in more ways wow. than one wow i would have drank uh, it all but <laughs> got <laughs> <laughs> Is it only to purchase a skin an empty skin <laughs> yeah you can fill it with your own whiskey <laughs> she would also sell her bottles uh, through the window of her farmhouse to whoever passed by but now bear in mind if she was doing this she's you know it's very likely that somebody like one of the authorities would walk by and she would get caught so she had hmm. this really clever way in which she converted her whiskey selling window and her farmhouse to sort of double up as a bakery at will And so when the authorities would come by she would invite them in for tea and give them scones and she would just you know and even ask them to stay the night because you know she was running a perfectly legal bed and breakfast mm. on the surface of it and then while they were sort of setting up she would go out into her backyard and either raise a red flag or just hang up her laundry really high and that would be a signal to all the other distilleries that the authorities were here and they needed to kind of like shut down really quickly um mm. and so basically she was an early bootlegger wow over the years um, her husband was eventually convicted three times but she you know because helen was so involved in the running of the business the the distillery thrived and they became really known for their reputation of the kind of the quality of their single malt um finally in 1824 taxes were lowered and one of the first people to ever purchase an official distilling license was mr john gumming his eldest son lewis had by then established a network of contacts and he helped them expand their distribution and then lewis got married to elizabeth who then became elizabeth cumming and then became the second heroine of the story because when john died in 1846 he left his distillery to lewis because of the time mm-hmm. as per the laws of the time women were not allowed to own property so elizabeth and lewis became a team and so elizabeth showed extremely sharp business acumen and by 1854 the business was flourishing they were employing people they had in fact almost stopped running a farm all year round the farm would only run in the summer and every other season was used to sort of keep the whiskey making going mm. in 1872 lewis died leaving his mother his wife mm. and his four children uh behind and at this point elizabeth just kind of like swooped in and just took over she <laughs> took over the distillery registered their single malt under the trademark cardhu which means black rock which is a single malt that's even available today yeah. uh, and it became an absolute success under elizabeth's management the production grew steadily but by 1884 she couldn't meet the high demands for her product anymore so what she did was like any good businesswoman is that she gave up 
her distillery and her current property and then bought four acres of land in the neighborhood and then moved her entire whiskey making production to there wow little trivia this old building was sold to a small startup distillery at the time called glenfiddich <laughs> so um she herself bought four acres of land in the neighborhood and set up a much larger distilling center there mad wow and she conducted the business for nearly 17 years on her own and at the time when she kind of realized that she needs to retire she sold the distillery which was the new distillery that she now set up to john walker and sons that we now know as johnny walker mm. and but the deal she made ensured that none of her workers would lose their jobs she negotiated that electricity would be brought to the area as one of the first places in spey valley to have electricity and although she herself retired she sold only under the condition that her son would be made a board member and he would continue to be involved in the business and then she went on to buy 100 shares of the company and secured her family's fortune forever wo and so wow, that's an the way iron lady yeah and so like she uh, two women uh, bypassing every possible law to ensure that they can't <laughs> own property or run a business basically brought this entire whiskey making legacy to life and to date the bottles of kardu have every label has a picture of a woman with a flag on it wow yeah so that is the story of how kardu some way has inspired glenfiddich has is uh, the precursor to johnny walker and still continues to remain a whiskey in its own right today all because of two wonderfully fantastic women hmm. speaking of johnny yeah. walker <laughs> i ages ago i watched this ad someone sent it to me i don't know who sorry can't give you credit but i watched this ad that was um for johnny walker it's not like a normal ad spot that you'd watch it's over 5 minutes long and yeah. i made ragini watch it and it's fantastic it has a very famous actor called robert carlyle walking down the scottish countryside telling you a story and that's all i'm going to say um here are ragini's <laughs> reactions to it though enjoy <laughs> oh bagpipes of course oh a true story is it okay oh my god that scottish accent really grocers used to stock whiskey at the time Oh, hey, they mentioned Cardu. They bought the famed distillery of Cardu, lock, stock, and barrel. The story of the design, the label is amazing. There's like this beautiful Scottish scenery, and then there's like a bunch, like a pile of TVs. Oh, that's a lovely line. Two hundred years later, and Johnny Walker is still walking. Oh my God, Scotland is beautiful. The scenery in this is just amazing. Okay, so if that isn't endorsement enough, <laughs> I don't know what will be. Go watch it. Okay, since we're on recommendations, I have to recommend this one site I came across. It's called whiskeysponge.com. Uh and it okay. is um the tagline for whiskeysponge.com is it's thoroughly absorbing. Uh on her about page, she says that she has been learning about whiskey for the last 6 months and now is an expert and when she was very uh emphatically questioned in the comment section about how can she consider herself an expert in 6 months she said because uh whiskey sponge knows everything all knowledge has been absorbed 6 months for whiskey sponge is like 20 years for human so uh her site includes articles like i'm going to rattle through a few article titles bomo launches a new drink and drive campaign to absolute success Gordon and Maxwell can't be bothered to release 81 year old whiskey really marketed at only 80 years of age and there are like a bunch of gems like this across the the blog site it's amazing i absolutely recommend you go check it out and get a laugh oh i love that so this is whiskey with a ky by the way so whiskey sponge ah yeah. 
Oh, look at you being nice <laughs> and enjoying my segment. <laughs> so, have you noticed when the spelling of whiskey differs on packaging depending on where the whiskey is from? Yes. So, I have noticed this and never looked into it because I don't know why. And when I write the word whiskey, I sometimes write it with a y, sometimes with an ey, usually with an ey because I like to complicate <laughs> issues. But um uh the answer to that question of what's with the spelling is that it simply depends on the country that you're in. In Scotland, it's spelled without an e and in Ireland, it's spelled with any oh. so and this distinction obviously also carried on into the new world so americans spell it with any and canadians spell it without how did this come about you ask so to set some kind of context uh in the early 1800s ireland was the largest spirit market in the united kingdom like the demand was so high that they had to ramp up production and facilities that did the production to match the demand um In fact the demand was higher than England which was at the time obviously it, uh, it has larger land mass so it was it had more people but clearly not very <laughs> interesting whiskey so Ireland became the largest producer of spirits in the United Kingdom and Dublin which was then the largest market for spirits in Ireland emerged as a major distilling center uh, by 1823 Dublin boasted the five largest licensed distilleries in the country at their peak these five distilleries alone would grow to become the largest in the world and they had a combined output of almost 10 million gallons per annum wow <laughs> oh that's a very drunk country eh, at the end of it <laughs> yeah and um by 1878 which was like you know 50 years of this happening the reputation of dublin whiskey was such that a scottish distilling firm and there's quite a rivalry between the two a scottish distilling firm having built a distillery in dublin claimed that dublin whiskey could sell at a premium of 25% over any of the other irish whiskies so even though these figures could be inflated for reasons i cannot fathom <laughs> uh, but uh, they do give an indication of how you know esteemed it was to have a distillery in dublin and how much money people were making at the time Now there's two types of distilleries ones that use a pot still mm. and one that use a column still um I'm not going to go into the details of that let's just say that they're very different and column stills were renowned to be more efficient because they allowed continuous distillation which, which was cheaper for the people producing it uh, but it did produce a mellow whiskey so pros and cons pros and cons now for further context at the time which is around the turn of the 20th century at the time Ireland was part of the United Kingdom and not a separate state Scotland had already achieved peace with the English crown in the 18th century but in Ireland people felt occupied so this led to the war of independence and the separation between the independent republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland so now the dispute over the correct way of making whiskey led so far that a royal commission had to be set up and it took 5 years <laughs> to decide that blended whiskey or column still whiskey may still also be called whiskey and obviously this did not sit well with the irish people they were dissatisfied with the decision and they were like okay <laughs> to just set ourselves apart we're going to call ourselves whiskey with an e <laughs> and that is where out of sheer spite <laughs> the spelling of whiskey with an e was born And uh, just a little bonus fact, whiskey the term is derived from the Scottish yeah. Gaelic which is uske beha and it means water oh, of wow. life. That's awesome. So yeah. 
So that's a little bit of a nerdy lexicographical <laughs> aside about whiskey. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now to the yeah. juicy bit, which is why did we choose? <laughs> why do we choose whiskey? We're going to start a new segment called Travel with BRF, where we create more immersive versions of our episodes. Case in point, one half of BRF is going to be in Scotland at some point mm. soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> so visit our um, Instagram. Go watch our stories. Go watch our IGTV. Listen to the episode. Have a glass of whiskey and enjoy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, blend all these media together and have a good time. <laughs> so we're quite and we're quite excited about this because now every time we travel, we've decided people we will just take you along with us and yeah, we'll see you in Scotland soon and then we'll see you the week after that with the full length word. So much happening, guys. See you soon. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs>